Hello, welcome back, my dear friends, to Around the Shabbos Table. I'm your host, Aaron Wogelanter. Thank you so much for joining me. And this week, I have a really awesome guest named Aliza Bulo. Aliza was here in Israel, and I had the chance to sit down with her. We we're able to talk about her new organization called CORE. CORE is trying to strengthen the core of the Jewish people, the Jewish women. It essentially asserts that the way to build a stronger, more committed Jew is through communities. Mrs. Bulow and I talk about how they go about strengthening our connection to the mitzvahs that we already do, and some of the conversations that CORE is able to facilitate in the Jewish community. It's really interesting, and you should wait till the end where she talks about some very fascinating um, developments that have happened through, through CORE and the communities that they've already built. So I hope you enjoy this episode, and here's Mrs. Bulow. Are you near the Shabbos? Yeah, how'd you get into Israel? It's impossible to get in. Right. It's impossible to get out. Right. I know. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? So it turns out I'm a citizen. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So I. So in your in your. Um, in your bio here, even the old bio says you were you served in the IDF. I did serve in the IDF. So yeah, 1982 to 1984. I served in Nachal. Nachal, I think Nachal is probably a little bit different now than it was then, but at that time, Nachal was a branch of the army that back in the day when settlements were a government project and settlers were all heroes, Nachal was setting up settlements. That's its job. It's Noar Chalutz Lochem, Young Pioneering Warriors. The joke was Noar Chatzilochem because it's not as fighty a branch <laughs> of the army. <laughs> it's very agricultural and setting up settlements. So um, back then it was really a Zionist project to like create spaces for Jews to live in this state, and that's that was the pride of Nachal. And I was I was privileged to work in that. And so your passport is updated. You have a, a an updated uh, Israeli passport. So I actually have what's called a Tudat Mavar. Um, which is an Israeli passport, but it's for Toshvei Chul, because I live in Chutzlaretz, sadly. I mean, I love where I live, but I'd much rather live here. So I do have an updated, I mean, it's a current Israeli passport, but it's not blue like yours. It's red. Red. Okay, so what, what are you doing here, besides visiting my wonderful Aunt Shira? So I'm here um, really to, to get bracha and hadracha, bracha and hadracha, for the organization that I started four years ago, CORE. So just talk as you wish. Don't you don't have to do it geared towards anybody. Doesn't matter. Okay. Any All right. Yeah. Either whatever, whatever, whatever you want. Exactly. Right. And I have them mixed. Yeah. Even within a pasuk, it could be mixed. Right, Soft stuffs. You know. They just go. So bracha nadracha for bracha nadracha for core. Core is an organization that's that I founded four years ago. Um, really to strengthen the core of the Jewish people, which are the women. So um, and the firm women at this point. That's who I'm working with. So it's a, it's fascinating to be in this field because I've been in Kiro for decades, and now I'm in Chizuk. It's a whole different shatach, a whole different area. How do you how do you define Kiro if not by Chizuk also? Well, Chizuk would be more, you know, in Israel you say Baruch Haba and then you answer with Baruch Nimza. So Baruch Haba is Kiro, like come join us, and Chizuk is okay. You're here, but let's strengthen you in this space. So that's what I'm in. People who are already observant, um, born most many born observant, some who have become observant over the course of their lives, but who are deeply into the observant world, and to give them the strength they need to 
most are staying anyway, but to appreciate staying <laughs> and to actually want to walk forward with a sense of responsibility. That's what I'm trying to do. So it, how, how is that work different from, from Cure of Work? It's a million miles different. Although I can bring in some of the best practices from the Cure of World into this Chizik world, but it's, it's so different. Because there's also an element of Bar Chaba. There's also an element, even within Chizik, of teaching you know, this is the meaning behind what you're doing. Yes. And this is, there's also a Baruch Abba, There's an aha moment in that as yes. well. Yes. So the aha moments are what I feed off of. I thrive on the aha moments. I love that. Like for me, that's the main payment in teaching a class money. I don't need as much, but the aha, like seeing those eyes with the aha, that's what I, I live for really. So whether that was in Kiruv back in the day, but now in the Chizik world, I love helping people see that transition of what this really means. So it's not exactly a Baruch to observance, it's a Baruch to meaning. So that's what I'm trying to do is help people find a meaning and where, they're, where they are right now so that they actually move deeper and, and, and carry more. Cool. But before we, so before we go back to like the backstory behind this and where this comes from, but what why why jewish women and i mean obviously why jewish women but why is that um a problem that you set out to solve well, i didn't set out to solve the problem of jewish women i set out to solve the problem of jewish communities because i i see within our communities that sometimes we're not as connected as we might be sometimes we're disconnected from each other sometimes we're not moving together as a group we don't have enough acceptance for each other or beyond acceptance we don't have enough appreciation for each other and the desire to really be a group carrying the Orha Torah in the world. Like we're supposed to be an Orla Goyim. So if we're supposed to be an Orla Goyim, I feel like a lot of people are stuck at the Orla Yudim, which is so important. Let's light up the Jewish people. But really that's a prerequisite to have a warm, glowing, shining Orha Torah people for ourselves is a prerequisite to actually transforming all of humanity, which is the goal. So I'm here to actualize so this, when you say Jewish community, you mean the larger Jewish community as a whole? Well, there's All the larger the- Jewish community as a whole. I definitely see the whole thing. But my part in that right now is the firm community, really bringing a sense of purpose and meaning to the firm community, an interactive purpose and meaning. So that's bigger than my job is to keep Torah and mitzvos. But within that, my job is to keep Torah and mitzvos. My job is to partner with the other from Jews and actually create create, be role models for others in a way that invites people into the community and in a soft enough way that um, makes it lovely to live in the firm community. So that, I mean, my phrase is, I want warm and inspiring communities. Warm enough that everybody born into them wants to stay and inspiring enough that everyone else wants to join. Okay. I, uh, I buy into that. That's for sure. But um, so what is, so could you just tell me, for context, for myself and for everybody mm-hmm. listening, what what is Core doing, and uh, in order to in order to make it inspiring and warm? So we are working from the inside of the community, and that's the woman, the Akaratabite. That's the core, right? Is that Ikar? So starting from the home, which actually many I think have forgotten, but is the most important Jewish institution. If you would think about shuls and mikvahs and schools and whatever other institutions there are. The home is the most vital one. And women are the ones who run the homes. So, so, and it's more than run the home. It's, of course, run the home and what goes into it. But if she could be a pillar within her home, deeply rooted and then flowing out towards first her husband, making a strong marriage, and then creating 
that warmth within her marriage that holds all the children in a sense of warmth and creates a home like that that's next to another home like that that's next to another home like that. You get those warm communities. So I'm really working hard on strengthening women to have strong marriages and warm parenting styles and warm community ties to home by home build the kind of community that we all want to live in. And it's inevitable once we have strong homes that we have strong communities? I think so. I'm not positive because I don't know if we've ever had that. So it's an experiment. But that's my understanding, right? The midwives just this past week's Parsha, they, like, they got homes as their prize for the work that they did. I mean, building a Jewish home is such a vital thing. It's the building block of the whole enterprise. So... Right. I don't think there's any, whatever you, you define outreach as or, or what type of outreach you're involved in, whether it's the bar mm-hmm. of Papa or the, or the, um, let's, let's make it more inspiring. Um, that has to be done, but like the practitioner of that has to be strong in his own. And that's mm-hmm. for sure. It's like, it can't be done without a strong home. Um, a hundred percent. That was my experience growing up was, um, I knew my father always says this, that, that, uh, our Shabbos table, we would have tons of guests so that, you know, he was asked, where did, where did the kids sit? He said, kids at the end of the table, but how do we engage them? And the first thing was, no, 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 the kids sit at the front of the table. That's why that was sort of the inspiration for mm-hmm. around the Shabbos tables. The kids need to be there first because mm-hmm. you cannot inspire anybody else if you're not um, with your family. Right. And if you're not, you're not inspiring right. your family. Right, right. It's a strong Jewish family. That is, I mean, a strong family is the essence of the... That, again, is the building block. So it's the, it's the parents that build the family. But the mother is so in charge of the home. I mean, I, I would joke when I'm teaching that you know my husband and I made a deal. We were both raised in the 70s where there's this whole feminism thing going on, right? So we actually discussed it. And only then. Um, we discussed it and made a deal that his job will be to earn the money and my job will be to spend it, right? My job is to run the home. His job is the outside and my job is the inside. But if you understand the concept of earning and spending, so you can't eat money or sit on it or wear it, right? You, somebody has to translate that, that essence into something functional. So, um, so while both parents certainly run the home and the husband certainly brings in a level of inspiration, and of course every couple makes their own deal, both are involved, but very often, not always, but very often it is the woman that translates it into the lamaisa within the walls of the home. So if we can strengthen her, hopefully that Shabbos table is so much warmer. I mean, that's an, actually an example of a core idea that I have, both capital C and small c core idea. But that concept of the feminine energy of creating the space in which others flourish. So if you think about a Shabbos table, how much work the traditional mother does, the thinking, the inviting, the shopping, the cooking, the setting. And then when she sits there, she's created that space. She doesn't fill it. That's when she pulls back. And others step forward into that beautiful space that she created, and they flourish there. The conversations, the jokes, the songs, the divrei Torah, like all of that is the flourishing in the space that she created. created. Yeah, We definitely feel that in our house, that my wife's job, sort of ends on Friday night as soon as the Shabbos comes in. And that's when, when we start with the kids mm-hmm. and with myself and with guests. And um, that's definitely we try to live in that world that she created for the Shabbos table. So then we, uh, we try to flourish there. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So wh- why, um, where did you see that we were going wrong in how we were educating or how our, um, our, our cores were behaving that we needed to, we need to change, we need to help, we need to strengthen them? Well, let's just go back one drop. 
Um, so yeah, I wasn't, you tell me I wasn't, experiences I was in Kiru for a long time. Um, and then I switched from, let's call it retail Kiruv to wholesale Kiruv. Where well, I, first you got to define those. That's incredible. I will. I'll define, <laughs> I'll define it for you. Um, so I was in like one-on-one teaching and classes, teaching things like that. And for, for a little while, I worked for Partisan Torah. Um, that was a drop of wholesale at that time because I was the telephone mentor's mentor for Partners in Torah, helping people find language to describe things or what's the next book, that kind of thing. Um, and then um, and then I, I grew in my professional Kiruv capacity from lay Kiruv to professional Kiruv to um, then I was hired by Nerla Elif to travel around the country for um, 11 years supporting Rebitsons in the field. So Nerla Elif, which I think... I'm not sure it exists anymore. It's it's really morphed into Olami. But back in the day when it was Nerla Elif, it was a, a leadership training program for young rabbinic couples concurrent with or post-smicha. And they trained them part-time for two years and send them out in the field all around the world. And my job was to follow up with the women in North America. So Canada, Mexico, the United States. And I traveled and I met with all the Rebitsons and I worked with them. So worked with them on their Kiruv or give a or give a class for them in their JCC or college setting. But also, I was there for the wife. So through her eyes, I would see her marriage, her parents, her siblings, her parenting. Which So that gave me windows into the from world. Not the Kiru world, but the world she lived in. So And she, as the Rebbitson, would live in two worlds. And the world she's giving towards and the world she's living in. And, um, and I saw how much chazik is needed there. Just from them in their conversations, I was the go-to person for so many Rebbitsons who would call me about whatever was happening on Yantif or whatever, you know, when they would go home to Lakewood or when they would talk to their parents or their siblings who couldn't understand what they're doing or whatever was going on for them, I saw so much. And, um, and I started a network of these McCarvote. Oh, we, had a, oh, we have a WIC group on Facebook. That's Women in Kiruv. And, um, and they would talk. And the more they talked, and as, as the years went on, the more I saw, like, it started to become very clear. Somebody actually posted, you know, what we're trying to give away for free, our sisters are starving for. And I really saw it's true. Our sisters are starving for it. So I want to bring some of those, some of those classes and some of those best practices and some of those ideas and some of that warmth into the from world. Because I realized all these from women... They don't get all the attention that the non-from women get. It's like my daughter when she was in Beis Yaakov. You know, the girls were at risk. They got extra stuff, fun things, pizza, you know. like. So one day she came home from school. She was a little frustrated. She's like, oh, she's like, when I'm older, I'm going off the derech of Mertz Hashem. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you want pizza, I could get you pizza. You don't have to go off the derech for that. So, so yeah. they're, they're under, um, they're, we, we don't, spend enough attention on the uh on the Makarvos. Well, it's Makarvos, but now I'm I'm not even in that world. Now I'm really in the world of the from woman. What does she need? Not the one who's doing Kiruf anymore. That's that's I'm leaving to Olemi. And I still work with the women who are in community Kiruf and that kind of thing. But really I'm focusing on the women who are strengthening the from community. So those women who are seeing what's going on, whether they're Hasidish, whether they're Syrian, whether they're Litvish, whether they're Yakish, like so many different flavors in so many different communities, but we need a lot of work in our community. So, um, so that's, I've just slowly seen through the eyes. I feel like each person is a window into a whole new world. So I like to look through those windows and see what I could learn. So I have learned that our community needs a lot of attention. 
So I'm trying to give it to that attention. I don't see anybody else doing it. I think it's an important thing to do. So I'm doing it. Right. It's it's almost always being done th- almost through like the cure of the let's try to inspire so you can inspire others. Right. But here it's let's you, you've switched from that. Now it's let's keep you inspired. Right. Well, Period. I still have a let's yes, let's keep you inspired. But it's still as moms. So inspire others. That's your husband and your children and your neighbors. It is about your neighbors too. Like to create that, take responsibility for your own Jewish journey and a tiny little piece of your neighbors. But that's it. It's not to like go out and be a mekarevet. It's you should be inspired so that so that you really shine that or Torah and people say, wow, what makes you like that? I want to be like that too. So that's what I'm trying. Right. We just, my father and I just did an, an interesting deep dive into Kirov and we, we basically came out with that, that it's like you're saying, it's almost inevitable that when you have, when you're strong and you're inspired, then you build a community and a community is essentially Kirov. It's essentially, right. that's really what it is. It's obviously Israel. It's loving everybody right. around you and they're, they play a part in your own, um, in your own inspiration, in your own Judaism. So then it doesn't have to be uh, a uh, professional career that you take. Right. It's just something that happens that you right. do from around. Right. And here you come from the land of sun and warmth in California and a warm community like that, that I'm sure your father built. Um, and we don't always have that in the right wing from neighborhoods, that kind of warmth, that kind of acceptance, that kind of of joie de vivre, you need a simcha sachayim in your Yiddishkeit to draw others in, but not because you're doing kiruv, because that's how you live. And so I'm trying to create that, like that little piece of that small town sweetness that there is, um, to bring that into the bigger towns. Now, where are you from? Where, where do you am live? I from? No, where do you where live, do I live now? Where do you live? come to Israel okay. right now from? <laughs> Good, because the from is a hard question. <laughs> I live in Denver, Colorado right now for the last 20 years. Okay, so Denver Denver is what we call out of town. Yes, right? it is out of town. In, in terms of the Jewish uh, yeah, population. Definitely so out of town. We find this sense of community and warmth and inspired people more out of town than we yeah, do in town. So definitely. Do you focus your energy in town because it already exists out of town or do you focus out of town? Well, both. Um, on the one hand, on the one hand, I have I have so much um, energy for this project, and sometimes when I fly into New York and then start to walk through certain streets, I think, "Oh my gosh, how is this ever going to happen?" <laughs> so I know that it's going to happen, but it's going to have to go in waves. So it will start to emanate. I think it will emanate from the smaller towns towards the bigger ones. So and it will spread organically. It already is spreading organically, but I don't think we could jump into the middle of New York and make it work there. I think we have to like let it slowly happen. But we'll, we're working in Chicago and Denver and smaller towns and Muncie and there's some people in Brooklyn too. Like it is happening, but I'm I'm not like making a full plan to um yeah to actually tackle the, those bigger areas yet. I'll let it just move in an undertow. So, so core is focused on um, leaders, essentially trying to teach them, yeah, to create bigger, bigger communities of core. That's well, yes and no. It's focused on leadership. It's really focused on pillarship because it's not actually leading forward. It's creating women as pillars that hold up their homes and communities. And there's kind of different levels of pillars there, but it is focusing on women who influence. So, and that's from mothers in their homes. Um, and sometimes 
just, it's not, there's never a just, but just mothers in their homes. So that would be the core circles branch. We have three main branches of core. So one branch is to create circles of off, offline in real life connections between micro communities of five to 10 women who get together on a regular basis to connect with each other. So those are not necessarily leaders. Maybe there's going to be a leader of the group and we support that woman and she's there to support the other women or create the space in which those women flourish. Um, so there's that branch. Um, but then we have another branch that really strengthens women who are giving to the community in some official Jewish giving way, like Kakala teachers, like Hever Kadisha, like doulas, like community rebbitsons, like Makarvot, um, like from female CEOs of Jewish non-for-profits. I have an FFC group also for the firm female CEOs. So we have these professional networks, communities of practice, of women who are already giving, networking them, um, creating conversations in those groups and providing professional development. And then the third, the third branch is um, actually training um, strong, strong mentors slash counselors um, in spiritual ways. Some people will call it pastoral counseling. Some people will call it spiritual counseling. Depends on the language that you like to use. But um, women who are trained deeply for two and a half years with supervision and community projects and a network of, of other women, international network, to um, provide spiritual care for women in, all around the world. So, tell well, me so there's a two and a half year course for, I just graduated 36 women from five countries from a two year course, and I'm adding on a half year. The next one will start next fall. Um, but that's a strong cohort of deeply educated women who are really preparing themselves to be significant mentors within the community. That's different than, let's say, the women who are already giving. So let's say college teachers. So the college teachers get um, professional development for what they're doing. They're already trained by lots of other people. We have close to 400 college teachers from 16 countries networked together. The conversation between them happens on WhatsApp. But we then do professional development to anything from, from female anatomy to... to um, to corona weddings, to handling corona mothers, their sadness with that, with um, their daughters getting married in smaller weddings, you know, actually handling that, to fear of water in the mikvah, how do you get a kala who doesn't want to put her face underwater, how do you work with that, to help, just discussing, not recommending, but just discussing halachic prenups and how they work, to um, all kinds of subjects. So we offer, it's not just, a, there's no recordings sometimes because it's sensitive, but mostly because I want people to show up live. The point is to create a community of college teachers. So you have your half an hour of presentation and then an hour of discussion of it. So that usually 60 between, between 60 and 80 women come to those classes and they talk about it. So you get to know who are the college teachers in the group from around the world. So we set the classes at noon Eastern time so that we can, can have there. as many people from different time zones. It's hard for the Australians. But... Um, but mostly everybody else can show up at that time. And it's an amazing thing. So if it's a class that could be recorded, then we charge for the recording, but it's free to attend live. Because I want you to show up live. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's different. So that And that's totally different than the training we would give to the Chaver Kadisha. They're, they're not learning halacha. Um, they're learning more hashkafa, like what to think during a tahara. And it creates a space for them to share their experiences, you know, if they have a difficult tahara or whatever, to talk about it um, with other people who understand. So how could people who don't define themselves as leaders, who don't necessarily, obviously we've redefined that here, but right. if, if they don't in their minds define themselves as that, then how can they get involved with, um, with CORE and how can CORE, how can they help CORE? 
That's the core circles. Well, how can they help is a different question. Get involved with get involved for themselves. Is helping core, right? Get involved, yeah. So get involved is create a core circle. Create or join a core circle. So but we support women who are creating core circles. Really and all you just need two requirements to create a core circle. You have to want to do it and you have to be able to do it. So you have to be able to pull a group together of five women. Um, and you have to want to do that. There are people who can, we don't care. And there are people who care, can't really so easily. So if they can't, if they want to and they can't, we'll help them with that. Can, is there somebody you can partner with? Can we, we'll give suggestions, we'll hold hands. We have lots of resources on our website of different things you could do in a core circle. The point of the circle is to connect with each other and the pathways are multiple. So it might be learning, it might be crafts, it might be hikes, it might be a field trip like this, it might be specific discussion prompts, it might be a flip the classroom kind of a thing, listen to a shear on the outside, discuss on the inside, that kind of thing. So um, lots of ideas, but to bring women together to connect with each other. That's the goal of a core circle. And everybody can participate in that. Everybody needs friends. And that strengthens marriages. When you have friends. Okay. When a woman has good friends, then she has a different relationship with her husband and is can be, I want to be careful in this, like she could be less needy and more intimate with her husband. So that she she can use her girlfriend's energy for girlfriends and then be a wife for her husband. Which doesn't mean they're not very dear friends. Rei Mahovim. But it's a different kind of reut um, for spouses. Especially when her girlfriend needs are taken care of outside. So you can so you can get involved by starting a core circle or being involved in a core circle. Mm-hmm. And each would be beneficial mm-hmm. to, to that, to your to your core. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then anybody who is in any kind of uh, giving role in the CLAL, we have all these communities of practice they can join. And every anybody who wants to be in a super giving modality can apply to our mentor training program. You need to be 40 um, and have a strong Judaic background. So basically a base Yaakov background or the equivalent, plus from adulthood, 40 years of life. And then we'll have applications. A few exceptions for a few younger ones, depending, but... Applications coming out in February. Cool. Is it is it hard for you to keep on defining? Because I know that you have this vision. It seems like a, a large, big vision of, of getting everything, but then, then like the whole world. Um, but then, as we know today, everything has to be, everything has to be very focused, be right. geared towards one person. So you said like, that's what you just mentioned. They have to have a base Yaakov background. But a base Yaakov background wouldn't necessarily help if you're dealing with communities outside of a base Yaakov background. So you need to have, no, the Basiakov background is, yeah, no, they, it will. Basiakov background, meaning it, you need to have a, a, like that basic 18 years of Jewish education. Okay. Um, the question <clears> is just <throat> defining that. Is, is CORE going to branch out? When it branches out bigger, how, like how does it keep on defining and staying? Uh, it's happening organically. Like, for instance, the exceptions. To, like, I, I definitely want women who are 40 years old, 40 plus, to be in the mentor program because you need life experience. And you also need to not have as many young children underfoot. It's, it makes for a different educational experience as well and a different engagement experience with the cohort because I'm, I'm creating a cohort of learning where it's not, you're not just classmates with somebody that you're learning parallel to them. You're learning with them and through them. So I need significant engagement or I, am re- I have required of the members of the cohort to engage significantly with each other. So a mother of very young children has a harder time with that aspect. So for that reason, I want 40 plus. Nevertheless, there are a few people that for whatever their positions in life, it, it, 
I think it was wise to accept those few younger ones. Um, and it w- those aspects were hard for them. There's no question about it. Um, but so I, I think, so I will, in my new application that I'm going to have, I'll say it's 40, like I'll say the requirements, but I'll say there's also a section to, that you can write, like, why should you make an exception for me? Let somebody make a case if there's an exception. And I'll probably learn through those exceptions, you know, that this person's a wise background. You know, this is a smart one, and that's not a smart one. If somebody's going to be 23, you know, and write me something, it'll have to be very compelling. <laughs> but I can't imagine accepting a 23-year-old. But I could see why I might have a 33-year-old. Um, cool. Um, so what's what's the dream? Where is this, where's this going to be? And and maybe how does this, how did this trip to Eric's Israel play into that dream? How is it going to help that? Uh... That's a great question. I mean, the dream really is that we strengthen the core of the Jewish people, that we really do see that. I'd like to see the facts on the ground of warmer and more inspiring communities where families are sticking together in a, in a stronger way, accepting each other in a more loving way, where that, that love permeates the home, but also the neighborhood where people really do care about each other. When there are more smiles, we should be able to take off our masks. Is so. that the metric, though? <laughs> We're going to say, uh, you know, sm- more. I know what that means. For me, right. it's, I, I totally understand this. It means warmer communities, stronger homes, more smiles. Right. But what's the metric? So how, how do you do we- measure that? And that is a really hard question. It really is. We did a survey, actually, last year, which we created as a baseline. We didn't publish it. We got 1,500 respondents from women who really talked about their relationship with Hashem, with each other, with communities. They, they're feeling their voice in their communities and how that works. <clears throat> so I really, I hope to do a follow-up survey shortly, and then we'll see some of the comparisons. But I hope I'll do that probably on a regular basis. But it still is going to be hard to measure. It's not like you can say, you know, this many people showed up at this location at this time, or it's changed their observance in this kind of a way. It's... It, metrics will be challenging but the overall feeling of us pulling together more of a community as more of a community or that sense of sisterhood that's something i want to bring something i see from the cure of world one of the beautiful fruits of momentum jwp momentum is sense of sisterhood you know there really is a sense throughout the world that we're in this together at least the ones who've gone through that experience together but that were i think it's spilled over into we're really part of the jewish people together and i really want that in the firm world too that women should feel like i'm related to you i care about you whether you're whether you're secular whether you're some other kind of observant or whether you're very observant whatever it is that we should feel like we're connected so i hope that with core circles will, in a way, have an NCSY model of connecting those circles with each other and then some regional retreats, trips, Shabbatons, and then national and then international to create a sense of sisterhood among, among from women. And it will expand. But right now, I'm concentrating on the from women. Metrics are very hard to measure in what we're doing, but we can definitely see results and impact, and that's what's going to be really important to me. So broadening the conversation in the Jewish world is vital to me. And one of one of the gems, I would say, in the core in the core network right now is the almost 400 college teachers that are together in one conversation, literally together. They're not members of a group. They're in a conversation together from across the Jewish spectrum. And I don't know, actually, of a broader conversation of Orthodox people on the planet than that conversation. We have... I don't know. I don't know any, but okay. <laughs> it's so broad. I mean... But you can I, have a huge, a huge group of... Orthodox Jews discussing intense halachic 
things with intense halachic and hashkafic. Halachic yeah. and hashkafic, because these are women who are trained. You know, if you think about what is a kala teacher, it is a woman who is trained to teach women halacha and hashkafa and its physical application within marriage. So that's what you have. You have 400 women discussing halacha, hashkafa, and its practical application within marriage. And where the nuances marriage. matter. And where the nuances matter. And you have, we have Satmar women, we have Bells, we have Kloisenberg, we have Chabad, we have Yotzot Halacha, we have the we have the head of the Eden Center, we have um, Rabbanit, uh, I won't say specific names, we have we have different Rabbanit from different places in the spectrum. We have Lakewood, we have Toronto, we have Muncie, we have like... Brooklyn, inner Brooklyn, like we really have a very broad spectrum. We have Riverdale. So we have really the broadest spectrum of, of course, they're all Orthodox. And I've gotten some pushback from some of the women on the right end of the spectrum saying, how do you allow such a person to be in our group? And I say, actually, such a person cares about teaching halacha and hashkafa of Tara to Mishpacha to other women. That's why she's in the group. By definition, every single woman in this group cares about halacha. Because she's teaching it to women to keep it. So yeah, maybe broader than you than you teach. Nevertheless, every single woman is there to forward Kedusha and Tara and Klal Yisrael. And it's an amazing thing that we have 400 women from across the Orthodox world forwarding Kedusha and Tara and Klal Yisrael together. So, um, all, all in their own way. That's all in their own core, way. Core accepts and, uh, and respects different ways. So it's what core... Um, accepts and respects is halacha and women who are keeping it and sharing it. And everyone has to ask their own das Torah. Kor does not teach halacha. The, all of them are trained by somebody else. We've created the space in which they flourish together. Right? So we're holding together the conversation, creating that network, providing professional development for them. But, uh, but we're forwarding the conversation. Like I'll give you a, a, an example of where the conversation has been like, the practice of teaching kalas has changed. So let's say somebody in the group says, how do you take in a kala? How do you screen for trauma? How do you... So somebody else says, you have an intake part? Like you you screen for trauma? What do you mean? And somebody else says, yeah, I actually have a form that I fill out. I always ask somebody, when did you first hear about this? How old were you? And how did you feel about it? Just like that. And then I can hear how they answer or I watch their face. And then other kala teachers are thinking, I never thought of doing that before, but, it, and now there's conversation and now we see there's enough conversation. We need a class about that professional development. Somebody who developed a form, she can share how she does it. And we bring in a psychologist too. And somebody who's like, we can follow up with it and people can say, Oh, there's a way to screen a Kala, hear a Kala, be more open, pay attention to some nuances. Here are some red flags that you might notice. And so the whole field has moved forward by that that people start to understand. And there's all kinds of other nuances too that happen in those kinds of conversations that one Kala teacher working on her own with her, let's just say 10 Kalas a year, how is she going to learn all that stuff? Now there's this amazing collaboration. So it's really, it is moving the field forward. So can you measure that? You can't. So is it a metric? It isn't. Is it an amazing impact on the world? It really is. It really is. So... um I'm so thankful that's leading women forward in so many different conversations. For instance, even in Hever Kadisha, that there's such a thing where women internationally can talk to each other about their feelings and process it. But more than that, I know that during COVID, different countries were talking about different practices that they had, which where there were laws or where it was read or where it was difficult and they couldn't even touch some of the bodies they were doing taharazan. So different practices were developed and then shared. 
So there's this cross-pollinization that happens um, within the core networks that really helps shape the way things are being done in other countries. I mean, it happened in Kala teaching also, where in Mexico City, um, one of the women who's a core mentor um, who lives in Mexico City actually brought some of the practices she was seeing in the conversation to the Chachamim in Mexico City because they, they in Mexico, they have a teacher for Halacha and a separate teacher for Hashkafa, but no teacher for practical application. So she really saw that in the rest of the world, there's one teacher for halacha, hashkaf, and practical application mixed into one. And she, she was able to get the bracha, the beracha, in this case, of two different chachamim to, to teach kala teachers in Mexico City practical application and how it might work better, just to make it work physically better for couples. And so she brought that to Mexico City, to the kala teachers. She taught them. So um, it really is moving things forward. And I just, I'm so thrilled to see, like, the differences that are happening through these networks. Incredible. Incredible. We definitely see the need, uh, the need here in, in Israel and in Modine and like the out of town equivalents of, uh, of, of Israel. And uh, in general, I'm sure every person sitting at home listening is also like, Hey, we need this and we need people like that. And we need, um, so where can people, I guess we'll just finish with this. Where can people find out more about core or find out more about you and, and, uh, and, Become, uh, become involved in some way. We have a website, coretorah.org. Core was taken, so we're coretorah.org. Um, and there's lots of information there, and you can get in touch. We have different people who run different branches, and um, they'll be in touch with you. You can fill out a little form. This is, I'm interested in starting a circle. We have a few videos on how to start a circle, but you can fill out a form saying, I want some help, you'll be contacted, or I want to join a community of practice, you'll be contacted, or... In late February, we'll have our applications for the next mentor cohort, which will start after Sukkot next year. So you'll be able to find a form or recommend somebody. Right now, you can go on and recommend somebody for the program just so we have some referrals. Um, but, yeah, there's information at cortora.org. I, I usually yeah. ask any messages that you want. Any oh, core. gosh, yeah, that's the scary thing. Actually, you just say any core messages, but then that would be too many times core and too cheesy. So. All right. All right, so um, what I'd love to see people do is really um, take responsibility for their own Jewish journey. I, I feel like a big, a big piece of my life is the excitement of the Torah. Like looking at the Torah and not seeing a whole heavy box of rules, but a whole beautiful box of tools. And it's really a toolbox that helps you create a, a real possibility. Part of the gift of my background and where I come from is I see possibility. And rather than being like, held by and buoyed by a sense of responsibility coming from Sinai, I see in the Torah a bunch of possibility, like what could be. And I want other people to look around and say, wow, look what we could do with all of this. So for that, step up and don't let somebody else run your Jewish show. Of course we need Das Torah, of course we need to learn Halacha, but take a, a step forward and say, I could do this. I could carry myself and I could carry a little piece of my neighbors too. Make it really beautiful so that we all have a world that we want to live in. One of the images that I love in the Torah is the image of Moshe Rabbeinu standing on the mountain with his arms up, with the Jews fighting below. And how painful an image is that actually right there? Um, that he's trying desperately to, to keep his arms up so that the Jews win, but nobody can keep their arms up. Even if it's Moshe Rabbeinu and even if it's the most important thing in the world, his arms fall and he puts them back up and they fall back down and he puts them back up and so what happens Hor and Yoshua look at him and say we've got to get in there and help and so they bring him a rock so he should sit down make you know just make it a little easier and then they each hold an arm 
And we see from that that nobody, no matter how important you are, no matter how capable you are, nobody can do it on their own, even the most important thing. Everybody needs a friend on each side. And so we could be that friend. He didn't even ask. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't say, guys, I need some help over here. They saw it. They said, look, our friend needs help over there. Let's step in and support him. So that's part of what a core circle is about. And that's part of what core is about, taking responsibility, but taking responsibility to be a support for others. But if we all support each other, we'll all be supported. That's the idea. So many people feel exhausted and they feel like they can't support another person. But if we all step forward, taking a sense of responsibility for ourselves and the possibility of what we could create in our community and then hold somebody else up, we'll all be held. And that's what I'm trying to create is a sense of we're really connected with each other. All of us are holding. And with that, yadav emunah, we'll all have that emunah, that steadiness and that deep connection that will really create a beautiful space in which we could all flourish. Bezrat Hashem. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Around the Shabbos Table. Next week, I get back with my father, a.k.a. The Father. And if you'd like to check out Mrs. Bulow's organization and get involved, as we spoke about in the episode, please check it out at coretorah.org. Pass the cholent.